Hey there, and welcome to the second episode of Uncommon Communion. My name is Jonathan Goss, and it's good to, I don't know, have you back, have you for a first time. Um, just glad you're listening, basically. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this is a podcast put on by um, First United Methodist Church in downtown Birmingham, also known as First Church Birmingham. We were, we were the First United Methodist Church. We don't think we're like better than everybody, but that's just kind of historically accurate. Um, but today uh, is a Tuesday. It's March the 20th. I think it's the 26th. I have to look at my watch. It's the 27th. It's Tuesday, March the 27th. Maybe you're listening to this on a Wednesday or a Thursday or a Friday or any other day of the week that you might be listening to this episode. This is our second episode of Uncommon Communion. Um, so today, um, like I said, it's Tuesday. Uh, I'm going, right after I do this little recording, the intro, I'm going to go to a, a concert at UAB. I've been invited by Dr. Patrick Evans, who fearfully and fearlessly, sorry, wrong word, fearlessly and wonderfully uh, leads the music in the sanctuary service at our church. And after that, uh, it's Holy Week. You know, this week is Holy Week. So we got a Monday, Thursday service this Thursday, a Good Friday service. Uh, We're going to do Easter. We're going to celebrate that. So yeah, um, we're doing all that this week. Um, Today's guest is Melissa Scott. And Melissa is by trade a therapist. Uh, she has a counseling practice. Uh, she is a yoga instructor. She's kind of an extraordinaire. She teaches yoga. She's very passionate about yoga. And that's what we talk mostly about is yoga, but we really just talk about life. Um, she was great all around, an awesome person, taught me a lot about yoga. So the one thing I took away from this, this episode was like, I just need to go try a yoga class. Just do it. So she said, she said, just go do it. You'll hear that and a lot of things about yoga. Um, The title of this episode um, is called Bloom Where You're Planted. And this came from Melissa as she was telling a story about a teacher, um, a guidance counselor, actually talking about her when she was a senior in high school and where she was going to go to college. And you'll hear that story in the podcast. But the reason I kind of landed on that was twofold. One is this, it's um, throughout the conversation with Melissa and afterwards, after thinking about and re-listening to the podcast, um, I realized um, it's something I've known, but it, it was made more aware to me that the impact that words that perhaps teachers or youth leaders or mentors or really just adults, the words that we share with our youth, our students, our children um, carry just so much weight. And sometimes we're unaware of that. And Melissa tells a story about something that a youth minister said to her when she was 18 years old in high school. And that that one thing that, that he said to her it caused her to leave the church for like 16 years. Um, that That's heavy. And uh, we talk about that in the podcast. And, and really that, that phrase, bloom where you're planted, planted uh, just kind of that, that phrasing kind of also, it's twofold in the sense of like, it really just means we, we just need to be the best selves we can be where we are. And um, growing up, my, <laughs> my dad used to, um, in his own way, um, he had these like phrases he would always say over and over again to me and my brother. And like, it was always when I would get in trouble. Um, and he had this, this funny way of saying, uh, do good. Um, but he, it was always this phrase in this voice, <clears throat> just do good boy. Um, that's, that was his like life motto for me and my brother growing up. And I, I thought about it this week after doing the podcast with Melissa, um, this idea of blooming where you're planted, just really, and, and we talk a lot about just being our best selves that we can be. And really, that's what we're put here to do is to to be where we are and to really just do good. And, you know, the way in which we interact with younger people, younger folks, um, it's monumental. It, it's shaping the future of our world. I mean, that's like, you know, that sounds heavy, but it, it really is. Um, and, and the impact that those words can have around, 
you know, whether it's affirming them and encouraging them to go farther in their education, uh, to whether it's telling them that they're loved and accepted and like being, you know, who Jesus calls us to be um, for the church to students, um, or if it's in a mentor program and affirming and encouraging people, young people to, to be leaders in their community, you know, and, and you can, the list goes on, but we have so much responsibility as adults to, to make the world better by impacting our students. And so um, we talk a lot about that. And so Melissa's great. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Uh, you can find it. Um, you can just Google search um, Uncommon Communion. We're on uh, iTunes. Uh, and so it's just Uncommon Communion. Yeah. So hope you enjoy. Okay, so we're here with Melissa Scott. Melissa, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Pretty well. Uh, so you asked me, we we're testing our sound, you asked me how I was doing. I am getting over a sinus infection. Oh, I'm so sorry. And uh, my, my car is in the shop because my, my battery died in my garage. Oh, no. <laughs> which was uh, just a whole thing with uh, a tow truck guy that was really nice. His name was Justin. Uh-huh. Justin was great. He shout, um, out shout out to Justin, and I do not know the company that he works for, but he was awesome. And it only took us like an hour and a half to get my car out of my garage. It's <laughs> a quick. I had to put quick. it in neutral, and you can't do that if you can't get your car to crank up. Oh. And my battery was dead. It was a whole thing. You had lots of fun. So my week has been. That's been a pretty much a metaphor for my week. Um, so I told you I would get you talking more. There you more go. Than I would. You did. You did. How is your week? I hope your week's better than that. Um. My week, I, let's just get real. Let's get real. Yeah, real let's about do it. it. Yeah. Um, my week has been like both really good and really kind of not good. I, my birthday was two days ago. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. So I'm 35 and... Welcome to the mid-30s, <laughs> officially. It, this one hit me hard. Did it really? This 30 did not affect me. No birthday since 30 has affected me this year. I was like, I am a grown-up and I need to deal with that fact. So... Um, that hit me really hard, and then I had a little like relationship stress. Okay. So it was like r- lots of really good, and then some like real yuck. Yeah. All at once. Okay. Are you better today? Two days after the birthday? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm doing pretty good today. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, again, happy belated birthday. Thank you. Uh, tell tell us about your yourself. What? This is a weird question, but I you know I don't know what people do. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? <laughs> I did no research on you before you showed up. Um, Thank you for asking. I am a therapist and a yoga teacher. So I've been doing counseling and mental health in Birmingham for about 10 years and been teaching yoga for the same length of time. And um, I run teacher training programs. So I teach people how to teach yoga. Okay. Mind, body, soul. I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome. Okay, cool. Uh, and grew up in Birmingham? I grew up in Montgomery. Okay. So we lived in Montgomery until I was 13, and uh, both my parents were lobbyists, so I grew up around politics. Yeah, you did. Which was really interesting. <laughs> um, and then my dad got a job in Birmingham, and we moved to Vestavia Hills, and I was a total fish out of water, did not, never fit in in Vestavia, found my little weird theater artsy kids, and there you go. hung out with them, so graduated from Vestavia. The the Gump is. Am I saying that right? I'm not. <laughs> yes. I'm not from Alabama. I'm from Georgia originally. Yes. What? Tell tell me about the Gump Montgomery because <laughs> I know one person from there. Yeah. And he went to Asfa. Okay. And he his name's Parker and okay. he has just really funny stories about Montgomery. Yeah, you know I was really young when we lived there, so I mean my memories are of like looney's skating rink where i had my birthday <laughs> you know i can't tell you much about it beyond that for me it was olympia skating rink in macon georgia we all had the skating rink is the skating rink where you grew up is it still operating um no i think it somebody's gonna fact check me on this but i want to say it burned down okay wow some that's years a good ago. story it's, that's if, if it didn't that's a really good story yeah well i'm gonna go with that um no, I don't know. I don't know if it's still there. But yeah, I, Montgomery, I think, is a really different place now than it was okay. when we were growing up there. Um, I think that there's much more of a scene for young folks than there was. It was just just family, suburb kind right. of life back then. 
And how old were you when you moved to Birmingham? I was 13. 13. The summer before eighth grade. Right in the heart of middle school. Yeah. That's <laughs> Tell perfect me time it. to move, right? Right. right. It was super <laughs> how, how was that for you? It was tough. Um, I, you know, I had my whole life in Montgomery. I had my friends and um, Birmingham was only an hour away, but it might as well have been on the moon as far right. as I was concerned. And um, I, I grew up in a really kind of small world. Um, I went to a small private school growing up. There were only like 40 kids in my grade. And then I moved to Vestavia where there were 400. And so I felt really lost. And, you know, most people in Vestavia back then kind of grew up together and had known each other forever. So I still felt like the weird girl from somewhere else till the day I graduated high school. Okay. And you say you found theater? I did, okay. yeah. I, so I grew up dancing. Um, I was a bunhead. I did ballet. And then in high school, I fell in love with theater and um, did a lot of backstage stuff and a little bit of acting. So that was uh, a fun escape for, you know, I could just like create a world. Right. Yeah. So cool. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I do know why. So I've been sick. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I love to like just veg on tv and mm-hmm. film so i i just had a moment where i'm like i don't know i just watched ladybird like two days ago oh, i haven't seen it yet i would recommend it yeah um but yeah she's in the theater i don't mm-hmm. know it was, it was a good film i just want to plug it that's about it um so <laughs> folks go watch ladybird our first sponsor is there you go <laughs> Lady Bird. uh so what was your family like growing up um my family, like I said, both my parents were lobbyists. They were very hardworking people. Um, my, I did not grow up in a super happy home. Um, my parents' marriage was a was a really tough situation. I have a younger brother who I'm really close to, and um, there were a lot of years where it was kind of just me and my brother trying to figure it out on our own. And um, my mom had some health issues. Where, you know, she wasn't around and my dad would be out of town and and we would kind of figure it out. We'd call people to give us rides to school and and figure out dinner on our own and that kind of stuff. And then when my parents split when I was 17, um, we really just kind of took off on our own because then I could drive and... right. Um, so I had my little buddy with me and, <laughs> and my brother and, uh, we, we kind of figured life out on our own. Um, which is not to say my parents weren't, you know, doing the best they could and influencing us. Um, my dad has a great sense of humor and, uh, loves to travel. So we did travel quite a bit as a family and my mom is uh, a lover of words and reading. And so she gave me that gift. Um, but yeah, it was, I think we were all kind of grateful to reach adulthood and, kind of reestablish some relationships. How much younger is your brother? Three years. Three years younger. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. I so I work with students Mm -hmm. and over the years um, I've worked with students who've similar situation. And it's funny how uh in the midst of that you never know, but you you're growing in ways where like what you would call normal, you know, teenager would not have to do certain things. Mm And somehow, in a weird way, that like works out to be beneficial down yeah. the road because it sounds like you had to, you know, you were, uh, you took things on at a mm-hmm. younger age. You had to do things to be independent and, and perhaps maybe care for your brother. Um, totally. It's funny how that kind of works out in totally. life sometimes. Yeah, I had a moment um, late in high school where that was kind of reflected back to me in a meaningful way, which was my high school guidance counselor, who was a really influential person as I was applying for college, she was speaking about me with with me in the room and saying nice things about me to another counselor. And she said, well, Melissa always blooms where she's planted. And I was 17 and I was like, I had no idea I did that. That's so cool. (laughs) And looking back, like I think some of those experiences gave me that skill and to have somebody speak it for me, allowed me to own it. Yeah. That's neat. That's neat. And so School, college, did you, where did you do that? I went to Alabama. Alabama, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And studied. Studied everything. Uh, <laughs> I, Me too. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I, was, I was really fortunate. Alabama has a program called New College that mm. lets you design your own major. And so I um, got in with that program. And of course, that was just like the theater department was at Vestavia. That was where all the like cool, funky, artsy kids were hanging out. And uh, 
found my peers there and found a lot of people who are very supportive of like, no, go, go take a class on everything. Right. Go study everything. So I study mostly social sciences. I also danced through college um, and studied some education and early childhood development stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was a child and family development major. Oh, so yeah. there you go. But that was like my fourth one, I think. <laughs> so I can relate. Fourth time's a charm. There you go. Yeah. Uh, what about folks, perhaps, that were influential in your life growing yeah. up? Yeah. Um, well, my high school guidance counselor, like I said, Miss Gajewski, Barbara Gajewski, who is still at Vestavia. Look at that. She is a rock star. She's incredible. She was huge. And then I had two, um, two other teachers who took me under their wing in high school. Um, again, because my parents were divorcing and... I was kind of a different type of kid than uh, a lot of kids at Vestavia. Uh, Carol Thomas, who was my French teacher, Madame Thomas. Okay. And Beth Walston, uh, who was a biology teacher at Vestavia, both kind of in like a loving mom sort of way were like, kid, you're great. Like, <laughs> you just need to know that. Yeah. And they they reflected my goodness back to me in a way that I wasn't getting at home. And that was hugely influential for me. It allowed me to believe in myself in a way I don't think I would have otherwise. Right. It's it's funny. I can think of teachers I had in middle school and high school, mm-hmm. and it was less about what I learned from them in class, totally like Georgia history or whatever, mm-hmm. but what they saw in me and like the potential they named, totally, and, and how that impacted me. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's funny how that works out. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's what I do as a yoga teacher now or as a counselor. Like, literally all I'm doing is going, hey, you're great. Like, just know that you're great. And that alone, I think, is therapeutic for people. It's healing for people. So, th- that's I love that. Uh, so, I, this is really random, but mm-hmm. it, it fits perfectly. I'm going to pull something up on my phone. Okay. So, I... If you heard of this guy named Richard Rohr that like everyone loves or whatever. I've heard of yeah. this guy named Richard Rohr. <laughs> I only read his daily meditation every single morning of my life. So did you read the one from this morning? No, I didn't. Okay. Well, I don't want to spoiler alert, okay. but I'm I'm pro spoiler alert. Uh, this line, I like it was so good. Um it says this. It says, So often we spend our lives trying to be other people. Mm-hmm. Yet God says, I made you and I like you. I like that you have made. So just be your best and be yourself, yeah. and I'll be there to help you. It's not something that we have to do alone, but something we grow into. Oh, man. And I was like, so like, it's funny. You go back to like middle school, high school, college, mm-hmm. adulthood. Like, I work with students, mm-hmm. and like, that's one thing I tell them all the time is like, look, this is what you're experiencing in eighth grade. I'm 36. Mm-hmm. I still experience this. Like, yes. this is all like we need to know is like, you know, we're good. We're mm-hmm. good enough. And and it's, I just love the way he kind of puts that. Yeah. Um, that we're good enough. And like, God's just like, be your best self. Totally. Um, I have a good friend uh, who's a yoga teacher, my friend Jasper, who she says all the time, like, we're just here to shine at each other. Like, we're just, I'm I'm here to reflect your brilliance back to you and you back to me. And we're just here to be like, oh my God, we all love each other. Like, I like that. That's all, that's all we are put on this earth to do. So, um, before we get into, because we're mainly going to talk about yoga today with you. Okay. Uh, before we get into that, though, I just was curious, what interests, what do you like to do in your spare time, mm-hmm. those type of things? I am a writer, so I love to write. My first book came out last year. Look at that. Plug, plug. Author. What's the title? It's, it's called White Girl in Yoga Pants. <laughs> and Very that, nice. That's why I named it that is because people always laugh when they hear the title, so it's memorable. Um, but yes, available on Amazon. Okay. Um, so I love to write. I am a rock climber as well. So I just got a new harness today, and I'm dying Whoa, to like okay. bust it out. But I rock climb, and uh, do you have a group you rock climb with? Or? Uh, mostly my boyfriend and I okay. go together, and some friends, yeah, okay. on occasion. And I'll go by myself. I'm not not afraid at all. And then um, travel is huge for me. I love to travel. I cannot sit still for very long, so I'm always planning my next trip. And then beyond that, I mean, like everyone else, I like to watch Netflix and mm. lay on my couch. And Do you have a, f- a favorite show you like to stream or like right now, maybe? What's your what favorite? am I into right now? I, uh, it's, it, the season has just finished, but I am loving The Good Place. Okay. 
I've heard NBC. of this. Watch it. Okay. The Good Place. Um, I just watched, I deeply binge watched, like straight through, nailed it on Netflix. Nailed it. <laughs> it's this ridiculous show where they take amateur bakers and they have to recreate really fancy cakes. Okay. It's like cake wrecks on the internet. It is freaking hilarious. <laughs> Watch it. Um, and then I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. That's probably my favorite, all-time favorite show. Favorite character on Game of Thrones? Daenerys, Do you have one? Khaleesi, Daenerys. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know my wife, that's hers. Mm-hmm. And I love Daenerys. I like Tyrion just for like... Oh, he's great. The humor. Yeah. And it's like it's... I, I'm really into like dark stuff, like mm-hmm. dark shows, and Game of Thrones definitely has its dark side. Mm-hmm. But how they're able to weave in humor mm-hmm. also. And he's like one of the main characters. That Absolutely. Does, right? um, he does a really good such job. such a good actor. So I, earlier you said, this isn't your first podcast. So <laughs> you're a pro because this is only my second one hosting. Um, I feel like I'm more comfortable today than I was. So you said you listened to Rick. Rick was mm-hmm. awesome. He is awesome. Um, I was like a fish out of water, but um, anyway, uh, what do you listen to other podcasts? What podcasts do you listen to? I listen to all the podcasts. All of them. Wow. That's a lot. Everyone does one. I know. (laughs) What are your favorites then? Um, What am I loving right now? I, uh, stuff you should know is a classic that I always come back to. And I'm listening to an episode right now on um, vampire panic in new England in the 1800s. Who that knew? sounds fascinating. Speaking of dark things, yeah. <laughs> Stuff you should know is a great one. Um, I really like, I'm digging the liturgists. Right. They do great stuff. And that's with Michael Gunger and mm-hmm. who else is on that oh, one? God. I don't yep. know. I always Sorry, I put you on the spot. Science Mike. So there, there you go. Yeah. 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 Um, and then. I mean, I listen to some real fluff around like <laughs> pop culture and that kind of stuff. Hey, I love some pop culture. So, yeah. Uh, and then um, a couple of yoga interview shows that just right. kind of keep me inspired. Cool. So let's let's just go into yoga. I did so much research today on yoga on Wikipedia. Like <laughs> I know all the things about. Me. I can't wait to hear what you learned. I I, I kid. <laughs> I was kind of fascinated about the depth of mm-hmm. of yoga. So let's just jump in. Uh, what got you into yoga? So I mentioned that I was a dancer. And the surface level answer is that I started doing yoga in college as part of my dance training. However, I, uh, at that time, was kind of deep in the throes of an eating disorder. I had an eating disorder for about 10 years. And yoga, I can trace the beginning of my recovery back to the first yoga class that I took. And even though I didn't get, quote unquote, healthy for another probably two or three years, it was that first practice that opened the door for me to understand what healthy looked like. And so the kind of bigger picture reason I started doing yoga is because I needed it. Yeah. Wow. That, that's awesome. What, what is it about yoga that drew you into like, that, that made you feel healthy? Mm-hmm. You know, I've been doing yoga for 15 years and I don't, know that I even today have a great answer for that. Okay. Um, because I, it's one of those things that you kind of can't put into words because I grew up dancing. I learned to experience the world through movement. And so yoga gives me that. Okay. I'm most at home moving in some way. And because the practice always ends with rest, it ends with Shavasana our final relaxation pose, that movement moves me into stillness in a way that I need. And I think what's amazing about yoga and what's been amazing for me is that it it can be so many things and it can evolve in so many ways. So I think when I first started doing yoga, I just needed to exercise. I needed to move and I needed a safe place to like feel the weird feelings I was having about my body and my family and stuff. And so it was that. And then at various points in my life, it's been more grounding and at other points it's been more strengthening and at other points it's been more restful. And so it can kind of be whatever it is you need it to be in that moment. And then of course the last piece of it is for me, it is where I encounter God most often because I I typically practice at home and it's usually very quiet 
and I'm moving, which is what I'm comfortable with. And I can talk to God. I can listen. I can, you know, pray. I can be mad at God. I can cry. And, and God and I kind of work through it together in the course of that hour, whatever it is that's right. going on. So you touch on this a little bit. Uh, so for someone like me, I just mm-hmm. like, I've never been in a yoga class. Mm-hmm. I know like 0.2% about yoga. Mm-hmm. How would you like inform me about mm-hmm. yoga, I guess? <laughs> because, I like, oh, I did read there like, mm-hmm. and I could be totally wrong, like two different... I'm not even going to talk right now. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm going to let you talk. <laughs> I had two different what? I'm so curious what you learned. Um, like two different uh, teachings, I guess. Uh, there, oh gosh, there's a lot more than that. See, I told you I was going to be wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying the right word. <laughs> yeah. Two different, I don't know what that would be. Um, Schools of yoga, maybe. I don't know. There are a lot more than that. Yeah. Six. I don't know. Try <laughs> Help me learn about yoga. Okay, so are you asking how should I start doing yoga or what's most important to know about yoga? Let's do both of those. Okay. Yeah. What's most important to know about yoga is there is a yoga for everyone. If you are of a certain age, of a certain body size, of a certain ability, if you are tight, if you are flexible, if you are not strong, if you, you know, don't even like to move, if you can't meditate, there is a yoga for you somewhere. Okay. So I always start with that because I think there are a ton of myths that keep people from trying yoga. Like, oh, you have to be able to touch your toes. Okay. No, that's silly. Like to have a prerequisite like that would be totally silly. Or that you have to clear your mind or something like that. I've been doing this for 15 years and I've never once cleared my mind. Maybe one day. Um, But aside from there being a yoga for everyone, I really encourage people to explore. Like, just go take a class. And then you'll have more information. Was that class too easy? Was it too hard? Was the music too loud? Do you need more activity? Just go take a class and then see what happens. And then go take another class and see what happens. If classes are not for you, put yoga into the search bar on YouTube Right. And do a video that catches your eye. It's that simple. Okay. It's like anything else. Like, how do I start running? Well, you got to put your shoes on first. Okay. And then you go outside. That helps. Yeah. (laughs) And then you start running. Like, you just start doing it. Right. And it'll evolve. And you have to be open to it evolving and changing and learning more about yourself. Right. One of the things I did read, uh, Mm -hmm. the roots of yoga... Mm-hmm. are from India. Is that correct? Did I, yes. Yeah, I got something right. Nailed it. I remembered something. A plus. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you can shed light on in terms of that? Just the historical relevance of yoga? and Yeah, it's funny you ask that because I just, I in my teacher training program, I, I do a lecture on the history of yoga, which is one of my favorite lectures that I give all year. And uh, I just did that a couple weeks ago. So this is all fresh on my mind. <laughs> um People, there's a myth that yoga came from Hinduism, and that's not entirely true. Yoga practice, the roots of it, grew up at the same time as Hinduism in the same place. Okay. So it's not one begot the other. It's they're kind of siblings that grew up next to each other. Uh, Yoga is not a religion. It has no religious content whatsoever unless you want it to. Hmm. My favorite book on the history of yoga starts, the first sentence is, yoga adapts itself to fit the age. So yoga has evolved immensely in the last 4,000 years. Right. And the yoga we practice today looks nothing like what they were doing in India 4,000 years ago. Okay. So we have to recognize that we're doing Western American, Americanized yoga. And it's... Uh, I think there's a beauty in that. I think there's a beauty in that we as Westerners have taken that and evolved it into what we need it to be today. Right. So you said myths, and that makes me think this is really funny. So I've worked at a church for like over 10 years now. Mm -hmm. I've done something with youth ministry for the last like 15 years. Mm -hmm. So I used to go to these conferences, these like national conferences where it'd be like thousands and thousands of youth workers and youth ministers, which today I can say is like highly obnoxious and loud (laughs) and annoying. But 10 years ago, it was fun. Anyway, um, 
There like, are certain like stereotypes for like youth ministers that, yeah. that I can honestly say that um, how I could put this nicely. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't want to be in a room with a bunch of youth ministers, to be honest. Fair. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, there was this one guy speaking, um, and his name's Perry Nobles, and I don't know him. I just know him from this moment and what he's. But for some reason, he was like railing on yoga. So this was about like eight years ago, maybe. There was like this. I don't know if you you probably do. This is like movement with like evangelicals to like yes. rail on yoga. Yeah. Um, and I just in my mind, I just thought this is what we're gonna talk about, yeah. like to like folks that are like you know, molding the, and shaping the totally. students at our, at our home churches. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Is this where we're going to put our energy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was that whole deal. Um, and it was really highly obnoxious. And yeah. I felt, I felt like at the time it was like a lot of misinformation. Yeah. Um, have you, I guess, have you, I, I assume you've heard similar kind of. Oh, totally. And I, you know, I've been teaching for 10 years and I think that there was more of that here in Birmingham 10 years ago than there is now. Right. I've been really excited to see churches interested in incorporating yoga into what they're doing because yoga has, like I said, it has no religious content. It has no dogmatic content. It has no really very little statement about the nature of God or divinity or anything like that. And so, and yet it is a spiritual practice, but spirituality as defined by the practitioner. Mm. You know, I kind of liken it to um, 12 step, where 12 step says you must have a higher power, but that higher power can be anything that you, defi- you de- define for yourself. Right. It can be God in a traditional sense. It can be the goodness of man. It can be your own heart. But whatever your higher power is, that's what you work with. And it's exactly the same on the yoga mat. I mean, you could come to the yoga mat and commune with a Judeo-Christian God. Right. You can come to the yoga mat and worship other deities. You can come to the yoga mat and breathe for an hour and feel really good and yeah. just be a better version of yourself. Yeah. And all of that is okay. And there's no one, no yoga police are going to come in and say, actually, you have to worship yeah. Hanuman yeah. <laughs> and get into, you know, right. get into all that. So I feel similarly to you when I hear people getting worked up about yoga and the church of like, really, is that where you want to put your energy? There's so much other yeah. stuff you could yeah. get excited about. I, I really, to be honest, I think he was doing it just to like, mm-hmm. you know, it was different. Mm-hmm. It could, you know, people, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, to say such and such minister says yoga leads, leads to Satan. I mean, that's an attention grabbing headline. It's clickbait. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Before totally. that was, even, I don't even think there was clickbait back then. That was like right. how long ago this was. Um, but that's absolutely what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, what about things that perhaps like, did you have anything that like discouraged you or set you back early on or like, were you just all in? Uh, Around doing yoga? Yeah. When you first started out. Um. I, that's an interesting question. Um, doing yoga has always come really easily to me, I think, because I've always done it at home and, um, I do go to classes, but, but primarily I practice at home. So there's nobody there watching, you know, I don't have to perform to anyone's standards. And I think where I have felt more challenged is around teaching because that is more public. Right. There are eyes on me in that. And, I think early on in my teaching, I really struggled with perfectionism left over from my eating disorder and, and all of that that I was still working through. Um, and I had I had to do a lot of work around, like, all I can do is be myself. All I can do is offer the gifts that I was given, and, and that's okay. That's enough. Right. What... Uh... What would you say has, I, I feel like yoga has helped you a lot immensely, mm-hmm. um, but someone who's like open about having an eating disorder, mm-hmm. what would you say has been a way to like move beyond that or to heal from that? Yeah. Oh man. Um, so in my counseling practice, I mostly work with clients with eating disorders. Um, and it's interesting because the clients I have who do not have eating disorders, majority of them have body image issues. Right. So like we're all struggling with this on some level. Right. It's like any other recovery. It's going to be multifaceted. But at the end of the day, I think it's largely about making peace with oneself and self-acceptance and knowing that you are okay as you are. 
that there's no need to control, there's no need to, um, to shape or perfect or to use food to, um, to push people away or that kind of stuff. Um, so where that shows up in the yoga practice, well, I'll give an example in my own life. Okay. One of the early classes that I took, I remember I would, for whatever reason, I was having a day where I was struggling with balance, like literally, like I couldn't stand on one foot. And I was doing tree pose, which is a pose where you stand on one foot. And um, I kept falling out of it. And then all of a sudden, as if from above, it occurred to me, it doesn't freaking matter if I fall out of tree pose. Right. Like, it's nobody's going to die. I'm not going to hurt anyone. Nobody's going to judge me. It's like I could fall out of tree pose all day and nothing would happen. And I was like, light bulb. Oh, okay. I, I, I can be okay just as I am. And so once I realized that on my mat, that thought began to show up in other places in my life. Like whatever falling out of tree pose as a metaphor, whatever that was in my life, I was like, it's not that big a deal. Right. I can be as I am and I will be okay. Hmm. That's good. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, what are things that you, uh, you've named a lot. Is there anything else that you like just absolutely love about yoga? Oh man. Um, I love that it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've talked about a lot of heavy stuff. Yeah. But, you know, a big thing for me is I came to, oh, I'm going to get heavy again. Whatever. That's what I do. <laughs> um, I came to the mat with a story in my head that I, my, my belief was I am not strong. Mm-hmm. Like I don't believe myself to be a physically strong person. And that probably, you know, translates to other areas of my life. But I began learning several years into my practice. I began learning like more advanced poses, like handstands and headstands and arm balances and, you know, the Instagram worthy poses <laughs> as we, we would call them today. Somehow, I don't know how I follow some person from like New York and she does yoga poses all the time. I'm like, <laughs> I have no clue how I started following this how person. you got connected to her. But it's kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like, so. <laughs> yeah. So those, those, po- like exploring those poses were wicked fun. And right. like once I nailed one, I was like, I am strong. <laughs> so I love that. I love that there's, if you want it to be that, there can be adventure and joy and fun in it. Cool. Uh, how, so you named earlier on, you brought up your faith and how you've interwoven those two things. How does yoga mm-hmm. impact your faith? Wow. That's, that's a journey right now. Um, I, I don't know if you know this about me. Um, I've talked to other folks at church, but prior to coming to first church last year, I had not been to church in 16 years. Okay. Um, and I had never been to church as an adult. So, um, Gosh, this is such a complicated answer. I I left the church at age 18 because uh, I was told by a youth minister... Look at that. ...that I was going to hell because I believed in evolution. Mm. And I was about to graduate high school, and I kind of just wiped my hands off of, like, oh, done with church. That's, yeah. That's a wrap on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I never looked back. And... When I found yoga a couple of years later, I found my place to experience God. Right. Like I talked about earlier. And and that was very freeform and there was no have to's or structure really to how that happened. So my relationship with God has always been very personal. It has always been a conversation. I've never felt a need to perform in a certain way to please God. It's just I just knew God loved me and I could talk to him and that was cool. And and yoga was a place where I did that. And when I stepped back into a church for the first time last year, almost exactly a year ago, um, I had some moments where I was like, okay, how do I make sure I keep that experience while still stepping into a more structured faith experience of making sure my relationship with God is still personal. It can still be, you know, unfettered when I need it to be, it can still be a conversation. Hmm. And I'm really grateful for First Church because that's exactly what I feel like I'm allowed to have. Right. Well, on behalf of all youth ministers, I'm sorry that <laughs> happened to you. <laughs> and number two, um, as a youth minister who believes in evolution, <laughs> it's fun. what's funny is 
over, so I've done this for about 12 years now. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I work with students and, and that was kind of my focus in undergrad was I, I knew I wanted to work with families in some aspect. Um, but the more I work with students, the more I understand the weight mm-hmm. of like the words I share with them. Totally. And one of the things I always talk about is, um, so like a mama bird would re- regurgitate food. Mm-hmm. regurgitate food into the baby bird. I'm like, f- do not have a regurgitated faith. So yeah, like anytime, totally. like I tell you something, yeah. I would love for you to question it. Don't take it as, as, yeah. as, as mine. Don't take mine as yours, but like figure it out for yourself. Um, but it's sad the number of times that that happens, a similar story, mm-hmm. whether it's dealing with sexuality or gender roles or totally. science. I mean, yeah, that, that, an adult can impact a ch- really at that point an eighteen year old seventeen year old is a child yeah absolutely to to impact their faith well okay do you want to hear the totally wacky coda of that story yes about two years after that happened that youth minister got arrested for selling fake IDs <laughs> <laughs> see this is these are the people at that conference totally. that I'm talking about that I don't totally. want to hang out with. That is so, yeah. I think I think he worked through whatever struggle he was going through and is doing better now. But I was like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I was really into like Christian music uh-huh. in high school. There was a band called Plank Eye. Yeah, I remember. Based off the, the and I, 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 there's one song I can't remember the name of, I really liked. But also I just was, back then I was like, that's such a cool name. I totally. You the plank in your eye, plank eye. Anyway. <laughs> But what rings true is a lot of people that work with students and churches, mm-hmm. they walk around like that. Yeah. Um, unable to see what's in front of them mm-hmm. and yet wanting to tell everyone else yeah. what's wrong with um, with them. And we're often far into adulthood before we realize that most adults don't have everything figured oh, out. Oh, amen. And you can't, <laughs> you can't really explain that to a 16, 17-year-old who's like, you don't have to listen to every adult who tells you what's right and wrong because right. they may not have it figured out yet either. Right. What well, and what's even what's crazier? And sometimes it honestly, like, kind of um, it freaks me out a little bit. But like, I mean, going back to your story, I mean, change the scenario a little bit. It you're talking about like life implicating, like things can happen mm-hmm. when you like say something like that. Yes. To a 17-year-old. Yes. Like, life-altering. Yes. And that's just like, come on, people. It's heavy. Wake up. Yeah. Like, just be your best self, like we talked about earlier. Try. Like, don't tell 17-year-olds they're going to hell, and you'll be pretty good. <laughs> Start there. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, what about uh, maybe hurdles you face? You talked about teaching. Mm-hmm. You talked about practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, what style of teacher are you, I guess? Because you talked about there's a style of yoga for everyone. Mm-hmm. So what style of teacher are you? I teach a vinyasa flow style, which is a more movement-based style. And um, the style of yoga that I teach is called core strength vinyasa. So it's about strengthening the center of the body first and then working out from there. Uh, it has been a very empowering style of yoga for me, and I love it. Okay, cool. And, and then... Is that the same style you practice as well? Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, and when you teach other teachers how to teach yoga, or is that like the style you're teaching them? Are you? Yes and no. So, my approach to training yoga teachers is based on authenticity. I'm going to be me, and my job is to help you strengthen you. I am not here to t- to turn out a bunch of little Melissa bots who teach just like I do. Right. I. What brings me joy is to share authentically, but then also expose my trainees to a variety of different styles of yoga and go, okay, what works for you? What really speaks to you? What do you feel called to share with people? And that process is so much deeper and more rewarding than, okay, here's how you teach the perfect class. Mm-hmm. So so that's the journey I tend to go on with people who are learning how to teach. And a lot of them end up liking parts of what I do, but then pulling from other teachers and if they step out into the world, just, you know, completely uniquely, authentically sharing some kind of cool yoga, my work is done. Right. Cool. Uh, okay. So let's say someone's listening and they're like teetering on like 
may be trying a yoga class, mm-hmm. what would you like say to them to like push them over that to get them to do that? Go. Just go. Just mm-hmm. do it. Just go. And figure it out. Yeah. And don't be afraid to be imperfect. Don't be afraid to be the least flexible person in the class. Don't be afraid to be out of shape and feel weird about that. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You're going right. to be okay. And if that first yoga class sucks, don't mm-hmm. stop there. Probably it won't suck. Right. <laughs> but but you just have to go do it. It's a very... I honor anyone who shows up to my class as their first yoga class because that is an incredibly vulnerable experience. Mm. Here I am in my spandex to bend and move in ways I have never tried. Yeah. And hope that people accept me. Oh, God bless. Like, I am here <laughs> with you for that experience. And so, you know, I would say go honor your courage in doing that and please keep going. Yeah, it, it's interesting. That's the I often talk about with Amy, my wife, mm-hmm. uh, the vulnerability it takes just like yoga class, um, going to a YMCA, mm-hmm. a gym, I- any type of place like that is it's not easy to Mm-mm. especially to go by yourself. Yes. Um, and so yeah, that's great advice is just like, yeah, don't be afraid to be imperfect. Yeah. Um, uh, I, so I've never done yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny you brought up flexibility because like that, I'm like really, is it inflexible? Inflexible. Yeah, that's yeah. what I am. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so that's always been, uh, I guess, a reason why. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that's... So there's a joke amongst yoga teachers uh how we respond to people who say, I can't go to yoga because I'm not flexible. Right. That's like saying, God, I'd love to drink water, but I'm just so thirsty. Mm. (laughs) I see what you did there. Yeah. (laughs) I see what you did there. And so trendy hot yoga. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yours. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, (laughs) am I crazy? Did I make that up? Is it trendy? Like, I feel like I've, I see that, I hear that and it sounds. Yeah, it was a little bit trendier a few years ago. I'm just late to the party. I mean, it's still, it will always be trendy. I mean, it's like people, people love hot yoga. Right. It is not for me. And so I need to not project myself. There you go. Okay. Some people really love it. It does. Physiologically, heat does make you more flexible. Right. And so you might get a more. I, kn- get I more, knew that. I yeah. knew that. Yeah. 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 You can tell if you go outside in August, like, woo, right. feeling yeah. loose. Um, yeah. It's hot yoga. Great. Some people love it. It's not for me. I, I am a, I'm a little bit of a fiery soul to begin with. So I don't need to add more heat. I need to cool off. Ah. <laughs> uh-uh. So, so that's why I kind of go, eh, right. Not for me. But for some people, it is a great experience. Is there anything else in terms of yoga that like you want to add or that I miss because I only read about it on Wikipedia this morning? <laughs> um. uh, man, I don't know. It's I for me, it's so simple. Mm-hmm. Of just go do it. Go find the yoga that you love. Find a teacher that you really love. Find a video that you really enjoy. Just do it. Just add it into your life. It. I mean, even if you just do ten minutes a day. It will change you. I I think what I've gleaned from from your passion for yoga, which is awesome, is it, it also is a very soulful mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like that. I like it's, anything that 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 does something yeah. within. It absolutely is, and it it can work on whatever level you need it to work on. It can change you physically. It can change you mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um. I'm having an interesting experience with yoga this year because my teacher training runs March through November. So it's a nine month experience with a group of people. And this year I have my largest group ever. And out of 22 people, 10 are in recovery. Oh, wow. From something, be it eating disorder, substance abuse, something. Right. Some are, you know, eight years in recovery. Some are a year and a half in recovery. Mm -hmm. And so when you said it's a very soulful experience, I'm, I was like, yeah, and it seems like that aspect of it is growing here in Birmingham. It's no longer just about like go and do your workout on your yoga mat. It's like let's recover together. Huh. The yoga community is very much that. It's a community, and it is a very soulful community. So if you're craving that and needing that, 
that might be a place where you could find it. Yeah, that's I like that a lot. I we had uh, someone come in and work with our staff and leadership at our church a while back, and um, he was just training and leading, and, and he said, "Do you know who's doing church better than church right now?" And we are all like, um, <laughs> "We're church is not doing a good job anyway." <laughs> but his point was, and he brought up this was like five years ago. Um, mm. CrossFit, yes. so like <laughs> yes. a community of people that are accountable to each other mm-hmm. and they work with each other and encourage each other and mm-hmm. love each other and they meet each other where they are. Yes. They share a meal together. Like yes. they do church better. And it's, so to your point, it sounds like that's what's happening mm-hmm. is like that's really not like big church or whatever, but like yeah. that's what that's what we should be doing as a church. The essence of it right. is there for sure. I totally agree. Uh, and I agree about CrossFit. I'm not yeah. a CrossFitter, but they got something. They figured something no, out. No, <laughs> absolutely. 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 Well, well, thank you so much yeah. for, for sharing all of your expertise in yoga. Um, got some, just to end the podcast, some fun questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said your parents were lobbyists. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about this question. This is one I didn't, I didn't tell you about. Okay. All right. The most famous person you've ever met. Okay, I met George W. Bush when he was president. Gosh, that's really good. That's yeah. way better than mine. Okay, my brother has an even better story than that. What's his? Okay, because so we grew up in Montgomery, and when my brother was six-ish, okay, George H. W. Bush was running for re-election. Right. And my brother was playing soccer with his little soccer team, and they were like practicing before the game or like warming up or whatever. A black limo pulls up next to the park. Out gets the sitting president running for re-election and says, hey, can I play with you guys? Which was a brilliant photo opportunity right. for a president running yeah. for re-election. But there is a picture of my little brother playing soccer with George H.W. Bush. Wow. In what year was he? 91? 91. Yeah. yeah. So wow. He would, been, he would have been like five. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's good. Mine was... Um, Mine's pretty good. I met Buzz Aldrin. That's a good one. Um, yeah, he's walked on the moon. I mean, I mean, like I think there's no what, like thing. thirty people that have done that in the world so yeah. ever. Um, that's a good one though, George H. Bush. Yeah, and when I met, I met George W. Bush uh, the summer of two thousand and one, so okay. right, right before nine eleven. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I you know. Politics aside, I just feel like he'd be fun to like have a drink with. He was so funny with me. I must have had, because I was 18, and I must have had like new voter written all over me. Because <laughs> he just, I mean, he was like doing the meet and greet line, and he got to me, and he he shook my hand, and he would not let go of my hands, and he kept like patting me on the shoulder, and other people were trying to get his attention. He just wanted a moment with me. He wanted that young, young women, voter. Dim, dim, yes. 18 to 34. He, that's what he was going for. Totally. And was that in and Montgomery? I felt that. <laughs> no, that was in Birmingham. Birmingham, okay. He was here for something. Okay. Gotcha. And my dad worked some connections and got us in. The coolest part was meeting the Secret Service. They were really neat. Just like their demeanor or just watching How them in action? How much goes into that? Because we met the head of his Secret Service detail, again, through like political connection nonsense. But um, the head of the Secret Service probably should not have been doing this, but it was a pre-9-11 world. But right. Was, was pointing out the Secret Secret Service. So like, oh, yeah. you got the guys in suits, but he was like, see that guy jogging over there? He's one of us. Wow. See him playing Frisbee over here? He's one of us. So they have the like backup dudes. So the things you see in movies, like that's real. Yeah. They really do oh, that. Yeah. Interesting. They've, My- got, they've got like 20 dudes in suits, but they've got another 15 backup dudes just like hanging out. That's great. So... Blake, who we're in Blake's studio at his house recording mm-hmm. this podcast. Blake's like, I would say, the producer of this podcast. Mm-hmm. He makes it sound really nice. He does. And he made the music. Uh, Blake and I went to college together. Okay. In Athens. Okay. And our roommate, Bucky Waters, is now a Secret Service person. He did criminal justice. Cool. So he lives in D.C. Shout out, Bucky. You're probably not going to listen to this, but <laughs> he's in the Secret Service now. That is um, so cool. <laughs> Yeah. It's a lifestyle. It is. They don't get a day off. They, I, yeah, I was like, when he was like wanting to do that, and I also got called because I live with him. Oh, yeah. Like an intense background check, and like, I thought I was like interviewing for uh, like the military or something, <laughs> the number of questions they asked me about him. Right. And like, I was nervous for him. Um, I guess he passed because he's been doing it, you know, for like 10 years now, so. Good for him. Um. 
other than the profession you practice, yes. so not yoga teaching, not counseling, mm-hmm. a profession you'd like to do and why? Okay, I have two answers. Good, I like it. I, because I am a bit of an adrenaline junkie, I have always said I would love to do something that was just like big, like helicopter pilot in the mountain, like in the Andes. Or okay. Um, like adventure guide type right. something. I think I could do that for a while. My other one is, for whatever reason, this is so weird that I'm about to say this. When I was a kid and I saw um, commercials, like Dawn commercials, where they would take the ducks from oil spills that were covered in oil and right. wash them with right. Dawn and toothbrushes, I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> and to this day, I'm like, if that job opened up, and they what, needed what do you call that? Like a duck washer? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty accurate. I feel like. Yeah, there's just something so loving about like that act, and you know, you're cleaning up after this horrible disaster. I just there's the simplicity of it. Right. I love it. Do you love animals? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any animals? I have two cats. Two cats. Yeah. What are their names? Uh, Montana. A good cat name. Yeah, she picked her name. Okay. Um. That's a whole other story, but <laughs> she's she's the love of my life. She'll be twelve soon, Aww. and then I have a almost one year old who is insane, right? Named uh, Marjorie Tyrell. Mar- she there goes you by go. Maggie. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, you know what cat's not insane though. Let's be honest. Yeah, I you know. know my um. I grew up with cats, mm-hmm. so I love cats. Amy's allergic to cats, so we have dogs. Yeah, um, dogs are great too. They are. Uh. Cool. Uh, what? I'm not. I'm sorry. Who? Mm-hmm. Who w- would be on a dinner list of four? Like, so if you had to go to dinner with four people, who would be on that list, and why? You know, you emailed me this question, and I was like, why? Why would you? <laughs> this is so hard for me because there are so many. Um. So I I have like today if I had to invite people, this is this right. Is the direction okay. I yeah. Go. Yeah. It'll probably be different tomorrow, but um, Brene Brown. Oh, she's solid. Okay, I'm about to do her certification for helping professionals. Are you really? I'm about to be Brene Brown certified. There, so I have like friends that like there. You you could be their best friend just because of that. Yeah, yeah. She, I, I. She's so good. mm, She's so good, and she she just gets how to do life. I want everybody. Our other sponsor today is Brene Brown's there you books. Go. <laughs> Everybody go out and buy her books. There you go. Um, Brene Brown would be the first one. Um, I would love to get some FaceTime with Barack Obama. Okay. And I feel like that's an obvious answer, but I'm really interested in the psychology of being president. Um, like why? Yeah. <laughs> why, like why did you sign up for this? Um, no, I mean, how do you like care for your mental health? Yeah. How do you, yeah. you know, how does that work? And I think, him speaking about that with Brene Brown at the table would be mm, pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and then I am really loving. Oh, okay. I'll add these two in the mix. Uh, Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell. It, I, that's really out of the blue. Yeah. They're married. They're married. Uh, are, do you like like their work or? It's I I enjoy their work. It's more about so they're a married couple who are famous. Right. Who, again, I think they just do life really well. Right. Uh, Dax is in recovery from alcoholism. And he has a great podcast, too, if you want, if you just need another podcast to go listen I've not to heard one. his, but I've heard of his It's podcast. really good. He speaks a lot about recovery in his life and his ego and fighting those battles. But then Kristen Bell has been with him on that journey for a long time, and they've done a lot of couples counseling, and they're very authentic about their process and the struggles they've been through. And I just find them really fascinating and fun, and they're super nerdy. And I would invite them over for game night afterwards. <laughs> what game would you play with? Um, I my favorite game right now is Pandemic. Pandemic. And I also I'm gonna love write this down. I've never played. Holler, come over. You and Amy come over, and we'll play. Um, and then uh, Ticket to Ride is another great one. Are these like large group games or small group games, or does it not matter? Doesn't matter. Okay. You can play with I think up to. S- Six with Pandemic and up to five with Ticket to Ride. So, so a, a game. Have you played uh, One Night Werewolf? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Did, did you? Did we play that on the retreat? You guys played it. I did okay. not. We played other games okay. when I was there. Yeah. 
which I, is really fun. I, I Brian Hester, who goes to our church, introduced <laughs> me to that game. Man, yeah. I love that game right now. I Werewolf is a blast. I need to buy the expansion pack though. Like I've played it so much with the other one, I need like more things to <laughs> Word do. Out. Yeah. Um, what about on a scale of one to ten? How weird are you? You know, I'm as weird as anybody else. I think everybody thinks they're weird. I agree with that. Weird is relevant. So like, totally. What's you know. Things that I like that I think are normal. Yeah. Someone else is going to think is weird. Yeah. So. Um, and things that I think are weird, somebody's going to think is totally normal. Right. So, yeah. I I mean, I, I'm as weird as any, as, as all of us. And I, I really like weird. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. other people's weird. That like I like learning mm-hmm. things about other people they're interested in mm-hmm. that, like, they would think makes them weird. But, like, I'm like, I just like learning about. I agree. New and that's that's what makes us all beautiful and unique and the tapestry of humanity so interesting and intricate is that right. we all have our little weirdnesses. Yep. You just got to find those people whose weird lines up with your weird. What about something you're not very good at? Um, <laughs> lots of things. Uh, <laughs> I um, have terrible handwriting. Really? I do. <laughs> yeah. I have really good penmanship. Do you? My mom was a... Uh, teacher for like over 40 years uh-huh. and so i think i gl- like she has she could have a font just <laughs> after her handwriting that's how good it is yeah and like i have like so if she's a 10 on the handwriting scale i'm like you know a five which is really and especially like you, what this is what happens like i write something mm. oh my god you have really good handwriting for a guy like, <laughs> for a guy yeah so there's that <laughs> as well so i think that's the thing so my brother and I both have really terrible handwriting and um, we were always made fun of it, made fun of for it, like through school and stuff. And our teachers were just like frustrated with the work we turned in. We both found out as adults that we, we each have a mild form of dysgraphia, that it's actually wow. a learning disability. And I didn't find this out until I was like 28. Yeah, that'd like, been really helpful. It'd been really nice if to you know. Were, when you were like 11. Exactly. Just to know. Like you don't just suck at this. So I have terrible handwriting. That's like too minor. So I feel like I need to up the ante and answer that question better. <laughs> um, I am not a numbers person and I have major math anxiety. Okay. Math anxiety. Mm-hmm. That So, okay. Full disclosure. Um, it's not numbers with me. It's mm-hmm. spelling. Okay. Spelling, spelling anxiety. Okay, I'm like gotcha. horrible. Yeah. Like, there are many times I Google a word and I can't get the right spelling because I've misspelled it so badly. Right. Um, it's bad. It's yeah. bad. One of the, um, I can't remember his name, one of the teens from Parkland that's been like mm-hmm. one of the activists, his last name's Hogg, H-O-G-G. Uh-huh. Maybe David. Anyway. I think I heard him interviewed. Yeah. I went to his Twitter account to follow him and he wrote that on his bio. That he's a horrible, and I felt like this kindred spirit. I was yeah. like, oh, me too, hey, buddy. Let's That's be great. open about our spelling words. Yeah, and That's it good. really it's really hard when your mom's a teacher at the school you're at, mm-hmm. and you're doing a spelling bee <laughs> in front of your mother, <laughs> and you're out in the first round. Just set up to fail. <laughs> first of all, spelling bees are torture. For, are. Like, why does everyone have to do it? Yeah, like just, let's let people opt into spelling bees, right. and let's let Kids just watch. And we can still have a winner. The right. same person is probably going to win. Right. I have some really, like, pent-up anxiety. I can tell. <laughs> I'm feeling your feelings right now. It's like, whew, not, not good. I'm, I might start a petition or something. I don't this know. is clearly a box you need to stand on. Um, <laughs> what about, tell me something right now that you love right now. That I love right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I Gosh. Oh. This is this is where my anxiety kicks in. Um, I, I spring just like the fact that spring is coming. I don't care that it's cold this week. Like it's getting warmer. Colors coming back. The sun. The birds. Everything. Like oh, bring it. Give it to me. Give it to me. I t- I'll take all of the spring minus the pollen. Yeah. Wow. We've had just like this is like an insane amount of pollen. Yeah. Um, I'm going we to need the, okay, the way you get spring, the way you nail spring is like once every three days, you get a good two hour rainstorm. Rain, yeah. Wash it away. Yeah. And then like two days of beautiful. Um, what if this is, a, this is, I don't, I just thought of this, like driving over to Blake's house today. Like, do you have like anything from your adolescence that's like your favorite, like movie, 
or song or book, anything like that? This is so easy. Okay. This is such an easy question. <laughs> the TV show, My So-Called Life. Wow, with Claire Danes? Is everything to me. Okay. I can look back at that show and see so many roots of like the seeds of like the person I became. Right. And how influential that show was to me. That who else? Was Jared Leto in there? Jared Leto. That was yeah. the start of Jared Leto's career. I really yes. like Jared Leto. He was all like, he was 90s goodness. <laughs> he, like that whole show is just like 90s. There's so much flannel. She's the reason I have red hair. There you go. And have for 20 years. What was her, her character's name in that show? Angela. Angela. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Yeah. She's had a long career. Claire yeah, Danes she's gone on to do great things. Jared Leto is a rock star and a mm-hmm. movie star. And an award-winning actor. And, yeah. Yeah. He's everything. Cool. Well, I that that's really... I, we covered a lot. That was really good. Thank you. I, I, thank you. You did great. I feel better about this one. I feel like I just... On the last one, you know, I was too, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just rambling at this point. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say, though, is I was going to ask you, where um, where do you teach yoga in, in town? Well, so right now I'm taking a little break from teaching. Okay. So this is this is my journey in 2018 is to step back, okay. kind of reevaluate um, where I'm at. But um, I, if you remember at the um, Levitt Jewish Community Center, I do teach there on Friday mornings. Okay. That's my only public class right now, but I plan in the fall of 2018 to start adding classes back. Cool. I'm focusing on me for a little bit. There you go. Well, well, thank you for giving us some of your time today. Yeah, um, this fun. was great, and have a great rest of the day. You're going to dinner group, right? After I am, this. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to sit by Rick, our first guest, and just Hopefully talk he'll about tell it. me some stories. <laughs> we'll compare notes on how our podcast episodes went. There you go. Well, thank you, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you.